This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm Veronica Grant, your host and a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. You with me? Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to episode 118 of the Love Life Connection podcast. I'm so excited about my caller today. I have a coaching conversation with my client, Stacy, and I actually know Stacy. She did the Dating Mindset Bootcamp a little while back, which is a program that I used to run. I have since retired. I retired that last year in 2017. And she's also in the Love Action Tribe, which is my monthly membership community. And I think what she is asking, I think is going to be super relatable to a lot of you all. And it's a question that I hear a lot, but she asked it in such a, um, a way that's like, I can really coach her on. So a lot of times I get questions from people like, where are all the good men? Or why aren't there any men doing this work? Or, um, you know, where do I meet people? Or how do I meet people? Or, you know, all of all of those types of things. And those kind of questions are always really hard for me to answer. Because I think that by asking that question, you're also kind of saying, um, you're not really, you're not really open, you're not really having your eyes open. And maybe you're like on your phone all the time, literally, when you're at Starbucks and not seeing the people around you, or you're just so in this zone of like dating is online dating, and then meeting other people in quote unquote, real life just seems like totally foreign and just not even something that you even considered doing. So I find I think that if you're asking yourself the question of, you know, where are all the men or where do I meet men, then there's a part of you that's really actually doesn't have your eyes open. I don't mean like physically your eyes, although sometimes I can mean your eyes, like if you're just glued to your phone every time you're in public. But I think also emotionally and spiritually, are you really open to allowing the universe to um, drop you a partner when when you're really ready and available and open open for it? 
And but the way that we talk about it here in our conversation with Stacy, I think is a little bit of a different approach because I think, or what not what I think, but what she's doing is she is meeting these people um, that you know could be potential partners, but she doesn't want to potentially turn someone off or have someone stop being interested in them. So as a result, she's kind of acting like a chameleon, um, pretending to like something that he likes or pretending to not like something or whatever it is in order to um, be pleasing or palatable to, to a person. And, and for her to come to this realization was pretty big because I think like many of you all listening, she's um, very ambitious. She's very goal oriented. She has, you know, in her career, she has no problem with being like, boom, boom, boom. This is how it's going to be. But when it comes to her love life, that part of her just seems to like go in the closet and has nowhere to be found. And she's found herself conforming and, when what we get down to in the call is she's conforming ultimately because of this belief of scarcity of, well, I'm already at the bottom of the barrel, or am I going to get to the bottom of the barrel if I keep weeding out these guys or if these guys keep getting turned off because I don't like college football or sci-fi movies. And um, I'm just saying that because that comes up in the conversation, which you'll be able to um, be able to hear. So as you're listening into this conversation, coaching conversation that I have with Stacy, then I really want you to I want I really want you to consider, uh, do you find yourself kind of acting like a chameleon? And maybe if you don't really identify as a people pleaser, I've talked a lot about being a people pleaser on the podcast. So I know that if you do have some people pleasing tendencies, then being a chameleon is like, oh, yeah, duh, I'm used to it. But if you don't really identify as a people pleaser, and even maybe in your career, maybe with friendships and family, you really do take a stand and you say what you want, or you do what you need to do, or have good boundaries or authority or have your power. But then do you realize are you realizing now that you're completely giving it away in in relationships? And do you have this fear that if, if you don't, um, have similar interests, or you disagree with something that they say, or that they think, or that they like, that they'll be turned off by you. And do you have this belief where there's it's a dating game and it's a numbers game, and there's not enough people, and so you just have to go out on as many dates as humanly possible, hoping eventually to meet that one person. So I want to talk a little bit about the numbers game for a second. I'm not going to explain it because I'll explain it um, in my conversation with with Stacy. Um, but I have been trying to get my husband to come onto the podcast forever, but he won't do it, which is fine. I have to somewhat at least respect that, right? Um, but I am bringing his presence onto the podcast because he is who um, came up with this idea for the numbers game and then looking at it in a completely new way, which will completely... Um, radically change the way you believe in um, in terms of being, um, you know, nice middle little miss nice girl or pleasing girl or accommodating girl or palatable or whatever it is, it'll completely reshape the way that you approach that and really make you consider, oh, yeah, if I'm actually doing that, I'm actually becoming less emotionally available. And you'll see what I mean, when I talk about the how, what the formula is for the quote unquote, or the so called numbers game. So I hope you enjoy this episode. It's a really good one. I think it's going to be really relatable to a lot of you, especially you ambitious type A go getters who have really it all figured out in life, except for this one area. And I think that's the majority of my audience. So I think that this will be a really fun conversation for you to listen in on. So without further ado, let's get right to it. All 
right, we are back to the show and I've got Stacy with me. Hello, Stacy. Welcome to the show. Hi, Veronica. Thank you. I'm so excited to chat with you today. So what's your question? How can I help you? My question is about asking for my needs to be met with someone that I'm dating. Uh, okay. this, is, this is something that's really new to me. I have been trying to work on this recently. I, it's come to light that I, that I don't assert myself uh, in dating, that I don't, um, that I don't ask for, for what I want. Um, mm-hmm. And it's been something that I've been really scared to do. Um, What's the fear? <laughs> I, I think that I'm scared that if I let someone see who I actually am, that they may not like me. I think it's been easier for me to kind of be that chameleon um, and that I can shift into the person maybe that they want me to be. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And I didn't even realize that I was doing it. Um, And gosh, you know, I feel like I'm such a powerful person, you know, at work and with my friends and I, I'm kind of embarrassed that this is actually who I was in dating. Yeah. 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 So, okay. You, you have, you realize it now. So you have the, Um, the awareness, which is, which is huge. That's phase two of personal development. Um, What do you think is blocking you or preventing you or slowing you down from just actually doing it? And actually, Uh, like you said, fear, Um, you know, I'm afraid that if I say, you know, like, no, I don't like college football, Um, you know, (laughs) um, or, you know, that I don't like sci-fi movies that, you know, like, it will open me up for rejection. Mm -hmm. And, you know, especially with someone that I like, you know, it's, it's hard to find, you know, men that I like and that I'm attracted to and, you know, that I have things in common with. Mm -hmm. And I'm afraid that if I say uh, things that would open me up for rejection, you know, that, um, that it's just going to eliminate that dating pool even further. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, let's look, I want to look at this from a number of perspectives, but from the first, and I think the easiest perspective is if someone's going to break up with you because you don't like sci-fi, just using that as an example, (laughs) you said, yeah, is that someone that you want to be with anyways? I mean, ultimately, no. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I know it seems like a really dumb reason, doesn't it? (laughs) Because we all, I think we all do this on some level, like it might not be something like with sci-fi movies, but I think that especially as women, we're, um, we're kind of taught to do this in our society, um, that women have to act a certain way, look a certain way, be a certain way in order to be pleasing to a man, right? Like yeah. it was only like, I was listening to an interview, um, I guess it was, I guess it was Oprah's podcast, and I think she had Reese Witherspoon and Mindy Kaleg on the show, and um, and I, I don't keep up with the Joneses at all, but I guess Reese Witherspoon is doing a lot more directing these days or producing or something. And so she was talking about that and saying how like today a woman's role in a movie is very different. Like 20 years ago, back when she was playing like whatever, the, what is that movie that she was in where she like went to Harvard because she was really pretty or whatever. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, like back in the day, like producers and directors were sitting around a table like, okay, how can we have this actress be pleasing to a man right yeah 
the things have changed. So, so this is just part of one, just a product of society, but also just knowing I went on a, off on a tangent there. I did not mean to go on, but um, just wanted to, to highlight. Cause I think it's um, I think it's, I think it's helpful to see how we're playing into larger norms in a society because it helps us to see why we do what we do. So we don't feel so crazy. Yeah, that makes that's sense. true. No, it does. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we know logically, at least now, that if someone were to reject you because you didn't like college football or because you didn't like sci-fi or whatever, that you probably wouldn't want to be with that person anyways, correct? Right. Okay. And we can also, can we also um, claim or be certain that you don't have to have all the same interests, like you're not going to create you might create a fun date around college football or you're watching a sci-fi movie, but it's not going to create a lifelong partnership. Can we be, is that true? Yeah, that's definitely true. Okay. Okay. So this tells me that this is beyond it just being obviously like a mental, um, like a mental block and more of like an emotional block. Right. It is. I think it's a, it's a bigger fear, I think. Right. Right. So where does this come from? What does it remind you of? (laughs) Um, I think it goes all the way back to me being a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, My dad was someone who I had to walk on eggshells around and I could never like really express myself. Um, I had to kind of be invisible around him Mm -hmm. and it was always easier. It it was just easier to, um, to, to just go along with whatever he wanted. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I do that now um, Mm -hmm. with men to just go along with what they, they want. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're going on a date or you're talking to someone and you don't want to tell them what you really like or what you don't really like, who's, yeah. um, how old are you acting? <laughs> like that kid. Mm-hmm. What, what age comes to mind? Six. Hmm. So it sounds like your six-year-old self needs some loving. Yeah, I guess she does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I know, like, obviously I know you've been working together in various capacities. Um, Mm -hmm. How have you been nurturing your six-year-old self? I don't know if I have been. I don't know if she's someone I really think about. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, go ahead and close your eyes for a moment. Okay. And bring your six-year-old self into the forefront of your mind just so you can see a picture of her, an image of her. Okay. What do you see? See a little girl in pigtails. Mm-hmm. What else? I see someone who's innocent. Mm-hmm. Who wants to just go play outside. Yeah. What else do you see? Hmm. 
sees more things than she should see at her age. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And let's go a little below the surface. What does she, what do you see like her thoughts being, obviously you know her thoughts, you know her feelings that, that is, so what's there? She sees a lot of conflict and arguments and mm-hmm. um, struggles and difficulties and things that don't seem to reconcile, you know, like things that are okay one minute and not okay the next and hot and cold and nothing makes sense. Mm-hmm. And how is she feeling? Confused. Like she's not sure if she's to blame, you know? Yeah. Or what she can do to fix it. Yeah. And so what does she do as a result of all of this? Or not do. She's quiet. She doesn't talk about how she's feeling or how her day is or anything that bothers her. She's quiet and she's as smart and successful as possible. And she has as few problems as possible. Mm -hmm. So she keeps like her outer world super clean. Yeah but it's just a front for kind of just the confusion and the lack of understanding how she fits into the world. It's Mm -hmm. all getting covered up by the perfection on the outside. Right. Yeah. Let's sit with that for a second. What would you want to tell her? that you don't have to be perfect. It's okay to talk about your own problems and your own feelings. You have a right to those. You have a right to be heard. What else? You don't have to carry the weight of the world on your shoulders. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't have to prove anything. Yeah. She's perfect the way she is. Yeah, she. So, what's coming up for you? I wish I'd known that. <laughs> what, when you were six? Or? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, regretting and the shoulda, woulda, coulda, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Will help. Um, you know, a lot of the work that I do with, with clients is really just about, you know, reparenting mm-hmm. other, um, themselves. Um you know, no parent is 
is perfect. Um, and as children, not even just as children, as humans, we just create stories about everything. And if you didn't have that voice saying just because something didn't go your way, or maybe you got in trouble or something, but you didn't have that adult voice saying like you got in trouble or didn't do this thing right, or you saw this, but this doesn't mean anything about you, right? If you didn't have that voice as a kid, of course, you're going to internalize it and create a story around it and think it's your fault or that you're the problem or whatever it is. Because in your mind's eye, your parents are, I mean, well, when you're really little, they're literally life or death, right? Like you need to have your parents, otherwise you will die, right? Right. And so it creates like this, and I was talking about this on, a, on a, another call, this is definitely not the first time this has come up. Um, it creates like this response in our body that feels like trauma when it gets triggered, when we don't feel like we're getting that, um, that safety or security from mm-hmm. parents. Um, and that's why it stages us for so long. That makes sense. It's basically like, it's, I mean, it's kind of like PTSD. It's, I mean, I'm not saying you have PTSD, <laughs> but like, it's the same idea, right? Like we remember things in the body, right? Like PTSD is very much like a physiological response in the body. And it's very much the same way. It's kind of like how, I don't know, if your grandmother always made like blueberry muffins and then you walk by a bakery and smell blueberry muffins like 30 years ago, it's like, oh, grandma's house. <laughs> the same exact thing happens. And so my guess is as a six-year-old, you, well, not my guess. I mean, you, you told me, but um, you know, you told me that you um, felt like you're always walking on eggshells. Yeah. And my guess is as a six-year-old, you were trying to feel the love from your parents because that's what's normal. Right. Right. That unconditional love, your parents are like this source of life. They're like almost like God, like perfection. And when you're not getting that love from them, you're like, holy crap, what's wrong with me? Yeah. And as an adult, you can easily look back and say like, oh, my parents had this issue that they never dealt with. They had this issue. And you can very much logically like reason why they were like that or whatever. Right. Yep. Yeah. Um, But your six-year-old self doesn't get that. No. And we all have an inner child. And if she's like 30 years like behind in development, at least in terms of like understanding what your adult self now understands, um, then she's going to try to keep you safe. Yeah. Because your six-year-old self, she learned how to keep herself safe. Right. Yeah. She learned that if she just kept quiet, just did really well in school, did this, did that, didn't push anyone's buttons, then she could at least reasonably assure that things were safe. Yep. But my guess, and we haven't talked about this, but my guess is that that wasn't always the case. (laughs) But at least (laughs) that's what the pattern was, right? Right. I mean... I thought by doing those things, it smoothed everything over, but it didn't really work. (laughs) Right. Because it was never about you. It it was not. No. Right. Yeah. But you're making it, you're, you're making that same assumption 
and correct assumption now, you know, 30 something years later. That's true. I am. Because rejection is never about you. It just feels like it. <laughs> of course it feels like it. <laughs> I'm sure you've heard me say this before in the boot camp. Um, but I said, uh, you know, if, if you, if you like just hate rejection, then congratulations. Cause you're not a sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> good news, right. Um, I've, I've shared this example many times, but um, you know, when you're, back in, you know, whatever the day for humans, when we traveled around in packs, if someone got separated or rejected from the group, like that was a death sentence, right? Because mm-hmm. you needed the group for warmth and um, community and food and shelter and protection from predators, things like that. And a human on his or her own cannot survive. And so it was like a biological response, like shit, I need to get back into this group. And for humans that just didn't care, then you know, they were going to, you know, natural selection was going to do its thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty scary. So rejection is, is normal. Rejection is a part of the process. Um, and I find a lot of times women try to rejection proof themselves rather than focusing on rejection resilience. Okay. So rejection proof is building walls, is conforming, is dating 10 guys at the same time so they don't put all their eggs in one basket or like all those things. Basically all those things so you don't catch feelings. Mm. Whereas rejection resilience is building up your inner child and your inner confidence and your sense of self and your values and all of those things. So that when someone rejects you, like, of course it's going to sting. It's, it's probably never not going to sting. Even if like you didn't like the guy, it's still probably going to sting just because like it's rejection. (laughs) Right. But there's a difference between like, Ooh, that kind of stung. Didn't like that. There's a difference between that and just going into complete utter like despair because someone rejected you or like doing all of these things to protect yourself from rejection. Right. Okay. Oh, that's helpful actually. I mean, it, cause it does always hurt. Even if, you know, even if you're, I don't know, like seeing the red flags and realizing that it's not going to work, it's still, you know, after, I mean, I'm 39 and you know, it's not like it's the first time something hasn't worked out, you know, it's more like the 200th time. Mm -hmm. And you, I start to get that feeling like, okay, well, like there's rejection number 200, you know, like how many more of these, like, (laughs) you know, I guess it kind of goes back to what I was saying at the beginning. Like you start to wonder, like, if I keep, I don't know, if I keep asking for my needs to get met, I, am I going to drain the bottom of this dating pool eventually? You know, I don't know. Well, am I going to have to settle? I don't know. You're definitely not going to have to settle. Um, let me, let's, let's break this down a little. Okay. Um, okay. So first I just want to, to recap cause we're kind of like, we're covering a bunch of different things, which is totally fine. I just want to make sure none of it gets lost. Okay. Um, 
So first things first is to nurture this little girl as okay. a self because, and this is like the root, right? Like the other things we're going to talk about are helpful. Um, and I think you have to w- come at it from different angles. Like I think you have to go at it from the root. I think you have to do the inner work, the outer work, the real time things on dates, but like things that the practices you're going to do on your own. Mm-hmm. But nurturing the six-year-old self is the most important thing. Okay. Because you can see the pattern so clearly, right? I mean, you're just simply playing out. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Stacy did. Um, and you're not going to, I don't like to use the word fix, but for lack of a better term, you're not going to fix that by um, using logic, which I know is probably a tendency of yours. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you're not going to fix it by willpower. Okay. The only way to fix it is to really like reparent her as if she were your own daughter. Okay. So I know you don't have a a child, but um, if there's like a dog in your life or another kid, any nieces or nephews or young cousins um, or good friends who have kids, just, um, you know, thinking of them to help you really drop into that space. And then, um, and, and then project that same type of really unconditional love and compassion toward your six-year-old self because that's what she needs. She's, she's just scared and she's just trying to keep you safe. Okay. Okay. Um, so so that's, that's, that's that. Um, and then we were getting into, you'll have to, you'll have to remind me what we were getting into, but I know you're getting into like, well, I'm just getting to the bottom of the dating pool. Right. Like the, the, am I going to have to settle or be single forever? I guess kind of spin. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you're definitely not unless you choose to, right. That's, I mean, those are choices. Okay. Um, here's, here's the thing about, I'll talk a little bit about the dating pool. Um, here's the thing. Um, you know, I, I always battle with this idea because people always ask me like, is dating a numbers game? And, and be like, no, 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 it's not a numbers game. Like that's just, just totally making it like, like a job interview type of, you know, thing. But, but I was talking to my husband, um, CV about it and he's an engineer. So he always likes to think in, um, think in numbers. And he gave me this really awesome idea. So I have to credit him. I did not come up with this. Um, but basically what he was saying is dating is a numbers game, but it's not the numbers game in which most people think of it. So most people think of the dating game as like, or, or like the number of people you could potentially partner with or whatever is like, meaning you just have to cast the net wide. You have to go on a certain number of dates a week and just always be, you know, doing it. Right. And then at mm-hmm. some point you'll meet someone. Right. So that's like the classic dating game number numbers game. Um, the way Stevie was describing it is think of it as first you start with a number from zero to one. Okay. Zero means you're totally not emotionally available. You've got walls up. You're doing all this defense stuff. You're conforming or being a chameleon and all that kind of stuff. So when you're at zero, you're like 100% like doing that, right? Like you just are totally unavailable, even though maybe logically you want a relationship and you might be going through the actions of doing it emotionally. Like you're just not there. Okay. So that's zero. Um, And then you do this work that we that we do, you know, with my clients and then like in the tribe and you work your way up to one. 
And the closer you get to one, the more available you are emotionally. Following me so far? I am. Okay. So what is zero times a hundred? Zero. Right. So if you're totally unavailable, right, because you're, you're playing all these defense mechanisms that you may or may not realize you're doing, and you go on 100 dates, you're still going to get zero. Mm. Right? Yeah. But the closer that you get this, this to one, and you don't have to be a one. I mean, one, let's say, is like an idyllic perfection. But even if you're at like a seven, right, like 100 times 0.7 is 70. I like that. And so it is a numbers game, but it's also not a numbers game. It is in the sense that like, you've got to do something, right? You can't just like sit at home and just hope that your mailman is like your <laughs> door one day, right? Like, I mean, I'm sure for someone that's been the case, but for most of us, for the rest of us, um, you have to do something, right? Like you can't just sit at home and like twiddle your thumbs. But like, if you're doing all these dating things, but you're also just like blocked, you know, consciously or unconsciously, then like, it's just not going to give you a lot of result back. And so from this perspective, by becoming more pistachio and saying, Hey, I fucking hate college football, right? <laughs> or whatever, you yes. know, then you're actually moving yourself towards that one. Cause you're not being a chameleon. You're being you. I love that. And I know you say that all the time and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I hate pistachio, but I love that. <laughs> I hate pistachio ice cream too. But I'm sure someone listening is like, I love pistachio ice cream. I think it's nasty, but some people love it. Um, but the point is, is that the, the more you're being pistachio, the, the more you're taking your walls down, the more that you're, um, you know, not, following these sabotaging behaviors, like letting your six-year-old call the shots, the closer you're going to get to that one. And, and you may not need to go out on like a bazillion dates anymore all the time. Like I always say like quality over quantity. I like one date a month, if that's all you want to do, like, that's fine. You know what I mean? Like it can be like a consistent or a pace that works for you, but um, it doesn't have to be like date after date after date. And I would argue even the more that you're in that kind of cycle, the mm-hmm. closer you are to that zero. Because if you're dating that much, and I'm assuming also then you have a job, I'm not talking about you specifically, I'm just saying like generally, then like right. you're probably not really living the life that you really want to be living and you're kind of waiting for that guy, which makes you less emotionally available, which actually brings you closer to that zero. And so, so that's why sometimes doing all the dating things can be incredibly frustrating because you're just moving closer to zero, even though you feel like you're doing all the things. That makes a lot of sense. So what are your takeaways? What are you going to, what are your action steps other than nurturing your six-year-old self? Yes, I got that. And um, to focus more on, you know, what I do like versus what I don't like and trying to, um, be vocal about that to be pistachio. I wrote that down (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and yeah. Yeah. To kind of practice that self care, um, towards my six year old. Um, right. Cause it'll be easier to deal with rejection because right now rejection doesn't just feel like, Oh, this guy didn't like me. It feels like, like I'm not accepted. I'm not good enough because that's how your six year old felt. 
Yeah, exactly. So there's a difference between like this hurts versus like I got rejected because I'm not good enough. And that's the story right now your six-year-old is telling yourself. And that's the story that you're living by. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to, that's what has to shift. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. Awesome. So what's your biggest insight or takeaway? Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> just one. Um, I think what you just said there that like my six-year-old is being rejected instead of the 39-year-old me, you know, um, this version of me could take it um, and put it in perspective, but that's not what's happening right now. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I hope this was helpful. Thanks, Veronica. This was great. All right. So that is my coaching conversation with Stacy. And I just have to brag a little bit. Isn't Stevie so amazing? He came up with that all by himself. And when he told me that, like my jaw was on the floor. I'm like, oh, oh my God, I love you so much. I can't believe he came up with that. I love that. And yes, I'm going to use it. And I'm so, so glad that he was able to see how being emotionally available can have a direct effect on how so and so-called fruitful your dating efforts are. And so coming back to my conversation with Stacy, I I, I want to highlight that Stacy's fear of not being likable or palatable to a guy really came back down to scarcity and the belief that there's not a lot of matches out there or potential matches. And so she can't screw something up with someone that may or may not work out. And the scarcity mindset is something that I know very well. I'm very familiar with the scarcity mindset. And I can tell you firsthand that it is a self-sabotage like no other. Whether you are looking for love, you are looking for clients, you're starting a business, you want to have more time for yourself or your kids or whatever it is, the scarcity mindset will sabotage you to no end. And One of the reasons is, is that it gets you closer back to that zero, right? So that your efforts become less and less fruitful because you're doing things that will help you to kind of cheat the game or win the game, but it's a false game. Like the game doesn't really exist. And for me, I think dealing with my scarcity mindset is just something that I'm going to have for the rest of my life. I really believe that we all have some core issues and it doesn't mean these core issues have to hold you back for the rest of your life, but it just means that they come up in different times or in different ways. And it's like, oh, you again. But the more that you do this work and the more that you grow, the more that you're able to deal with those self-sabotages as they come up. And so they don't last as long and they're not as sabotaging as they are before you have the tools and the resources and the skills to to deal with this. So I hope that, you know, learning about how I talked about the new dating or the 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 dating rules, um, excuse me, not the dating rules, but the numbers game that Stevie, that Stevie taught me or told me about, I hope that helped your helped open your eyes up to seeing Um, you know, being likable in a different way. And it doesn't actually get you what you want. It actually gets you closer to zero, which makes your efforts less fruitful, as, as I've been saying. And I think it's really important to understand the logical when you're trying to make shifts. I mean, there is mindset, you have thoughts and you have beliefs, and you do fundamentally have to change your beliefs and your thoughts, because that will have a direct, um, 
a direct effect on your reality and what's happening in your life or what's not happening in your life. But you can't forget, and this is why I mentioned to Stacey at the end, I was like, but don't forget that little girl inside of you because you have to also address the emotional and the scarcity mindset does not exist without some sort of emotional piece. And for Stacy, and for I think a lot of people do, who have the scarcity mindset is you have to address the fear underneath. There's always going to be fear when you have scarcity, right? Because you're like, oh, there's not enough. There's not enough clients. There's not enough money. There's not enough time. There's not enough men, whatever it is. And so the fear for, for Stacy was that being herself could create some not so great consequences. And she learned that from a very young age, as we discussed in her in her coaching call. So if you can relate to that, then yes, like use this idea of the numbers game and look at it in a new way and say, oh yeah, I just want to get closer to one. And the more I can be myself, the closer I can get to that one so that my efforts are more fruitful. However, that's going to feel like sheer willpower and willpower doesn't get you very far unless you address some of those underlying emotional blocks, emotional issues, and the fear. And so for many of you, that is going to include doing some sort of inner child work. As I'm doing more and more of these coaching conversations, you will hear the inner child coming up a lot. And it's not because I'm like a one trick pony or anything, but it's because for the, for the most part, the people doing these coaching conversations have not been um, one-on-one clients with me, which means that when I start with a client, we almost always start with inner child because you just got to start where the core wounds and the core issues come from, and then you can move to other things. And so it's definitely going to come up a lot. And so you'll definitely get more resources and hear more tools on how to um, to work with that and how to actually work with your inner child. And I, you know, I gave some good practices to Stacy in this call. So if you know that you have some underlying fears around not being enough or having to act a certain way in order to get attention or love or approval or whatever it is, then definitely um, apply some of the practice I teach to Stacy. but also make sure you stay tuned to future coaching conversations because I, I haven't even done these conversations yet, but I know that they will, the inner child will come up because it's usually the core issue. Dating is just the symptom, right? So I hope you enjoyed this conversation. I hope you're enjoying these coaching conversations. If you want more of these, then please let me know. Send me an email or send me a direct message on Instagram. I love hearing your feedback. I'm not doing these conversations just to hear myself talk or just to coach more. I, I already do, do a lot of coaching, which I love to do. So I'm happy to, to share these conversations with you because they're obviously super helpful for the women being coached. But I know that listening to others being coached can be super powerful as as well. And so I want to be able want to um, want you to be able to experience that through this podcast. And speaking of hearing other people being coached and also being part of a community, I just wanted to let you know that the Love Action Tribe, which is my membership community, is open for enrollment. I only open enrollment. This is a brand new membership community. It's been around for about two months. I've just been doing the soft launch, so to speak. So it's been a small group of incredible, incredible women. And so now I'm growing the community and I'm so excited to invite more like-minded women who just want some accountability and just some really simple things that you can do on a weekly basis to move the needle forward. So if you're looking for that and um, and, and you want something that is just going to give you a place to 
Um, maybe ask some questions that you can't ask your friends or you don't want to ask your friends or you don't really have anyone to talk to about this kind of stuff. Then I really encourage you to check out the Love Action Tribe. You know, there's so, so much negative stuff on the internet and there's so much comparison-itis going on on the internet or reading blogs and people telling you what you're doing wrong or how you're not pleasing this guy or got to do this or you can't do that or whatever it is. And I just want to create a space, even if it's just a small little space on the internet where you can go and you can say, hey, everyone, I've got my first date in 10 years tonight and I'm excited, but I'm also freaking out a little bit inside. So any pump up messages, you can send me prayers, um, advice, tips, anything. I would so appreciate that. And we get a lot of those types of posts in the group. And women are so, so supportive. So if that's the kind of community that you're craving and you want more of that, then I really do encourage you to check out the Love Action Tribe. I know that, you know, from working with so many one-on-one clients, I know that a lot of times when my clients were having a bad day, especially before they started working with me, they would often maybe order a pizza, maybe some Ben and Jerry's, and maybe get a bottle of wine. And all of that combined, especially if you do it more than once a month is way more than the cost of this membership community. I wanted it to keep it, I wanted to keep it a low price on purpose because I like to have different levels that you can work with me to get different levels of support. And this membership community, I mean, you actually get so much support because yes, I'm in there every day, but the community is just so incredible. And I keep talking about it. I sound like a broken record at this point, but I just really want you to check it out because I'm so, so excited about this membership community. It's gotten better since I've done the soft opening um, back in March, it's just, it's been amazing and so much more and powerful and incredible than I ever, ever thought could happen. And so I'm just so excited to be welcoming more women into this community. And I won't be opening up the community again until the end of 2018. So you can check it out. And it's just $35 a month. If you love it, then I hope you stick around. I think you will love it. Most women are loving it in the um, in the group. They love the full moon circles and the co- coaching calls are really great. But women just love the Facebook group. And they also love the weekly action challenges. Actually, one woman said every Monday morning when you get the the action challenge or the weekly action challenge, she says that she feels like a little kid on Christmas just waiting for that email with that little that little tiny action step that she can do to help move the needle forward. So there's so many things that to love about the community. And you don't even have to take advantage of every single thing that I offer within the community to make it totally, totally worth your investment. And if you don't love it, and if it's not for you, for whatever reason, you can just cancel and it's not a big deal. It's not like this whole big ordeal or process. You're like, you know what? It's not for me. I'm going to cancel. And it's like, cool. Um, I would love to hear any feedback, obviously, but you know, no skin off my teeth or anything like that. So to learn more about the community and to join us, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash tribe. Now, again, if you're listening to this episode right around the time that I released it, then the tribe is still open. If you are listening to it a little bit after, um, then you just check back to see if the tribe is open. It won't open again until the end of 2018, but the tribe enrollment will be open through Friday, May 11th. So hopefully you have a little bit of time Um, You know, this episode is being released on May 3rd. So you've got a little bit of 
a little bit over a week, hopefully to make sure that you're not too far behind on your podcast episodes so that you can join us in this amazing, amazing community. Um, so again, the link to learn more and to try us out is veronicagrant.com forward slash tribe. All right, my dear, that is all I have for you today. And I will be back next week with a brand new episode on the Love Life Connection podcast. Until then. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. Find the show notes to this episode and all episodes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. You can also grab bonus downloads and more resources to help you find love at veronicagrant.com. That's also the place you can learn more about my private love and relationship coaching and group coaching programs. And if you love this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you took a moment to leave a rating or review in iTunes. It helps me to build this amazing community and help more amazing women like yourself find real love. And until next time, remember, Remember this, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You aren't broken. You don't need to be fixed. And even if you've never had the relationship you want before, it doesn't mean you can't have it now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.